I want to preach a few minutes tonight out of Psalms chapter 34 or Psalms chapter 35. And uh, I want to just say in the beginning of this message tonight that Psalms 35 and Psalms 34 have a lot of things in common. Uh, I didn't finish Psalms 34 uh, a few weeks ago when preaching that psalm. There was just so much in that psalm. But Psalms 34 is divided with David's worship and David's witness. And so uh, the thought pattern doesn't change a whole lot. Uh, We'll see somewhat a little bit of a difference in Psalms chapter 35 but David wrote so many Psalms through his times of adversity and when I think about adversity tonight that is something that every single person in this room has either had or does have right now or will one day have in the future. If you have faced adversity you know as well as I do that you have probably not faced it for the last time. For Job said man that's born of a woman is few days and full of trouble and wouldn't it be wonderful if you could just take two of those words and turn them around and just say that man that is born of a woman is full of days and few of trouble. It wouldn't life be a whole lot better if you could do that, but we can't do that. Amen? The Bible doesn't read that way. That's a Joel Osteen message, but it doesn't work because you know as well as I do, it's not a reality. Amen? We're going to face struggles and trials and troubles uh, and friend, there's going to be valleys and there's going to be hilltops uh, and there's going to be sunshine but there's also going to be storms uh, and there's going to be victories uh, but there's also going to be defeats in this walk of life. Well, uh, David finds himself in Psalms 35 uh, and this psalm quickly outlines this way uh, as David talks about his persecution in this psalm. uh, uh, David mentions that his enemies uh, have persecuted him in several ways. Uh, In verse number 11 and verse number 15, David says that they have falsely accused him. He said false witnesses did rise up. Uh, They slayed to my charge things that I knew not. He also says that they repay his good with evil. In verse number 12 and 13 he said they reward me evil for good to the spoiling of my soul. Uh, Another thing that David said that his persecutors did uh, was that they rejoiced over his misfortune. In verse number 14 he said I behave myself as though he had uh, been my friend or my brother. I bowed down heavily as one that mourneth for his mother but in my adversity they rejoiced and gathered themselves together he said yea the abjects gathered themselves together against me and I knew it not they did tear me and cease not and so David is talking about his persecutors Uh, every one of us has experienced this uh, sometime or another in our life isn't that right I mean we've all had adversity we've all felt persecution whether it be on the job or whether it be at the school or whether it be with our family our own kin and flesh and blood or whether it be within the walls of the church uh, there has been persecution and David says in verse number 16 uh, that they mock and they curse him as he says with hypocritical mockers uh, in feasts they gnashed upon me with their teeth Uh, so David talks about his persecution and then David talks about his petition Uh, he declares war on them in the first 10 verses of this chapter here uh, as he begins to cry out to God. I tell you when I read these brother Mike this is what I thought to myself. I sure wouldn't want David praying against me. Amen. Brother when you read the first ten verses he asked God to draw out his sword. He asked God to get his spear. He asked God to go to battle for him. I'm telling you David started praying that he would crush his enemy. That they would fall in the very pit that they had laid for him. I'm telling you David knew how to pray. Isn't that right? I wish I could tell you tonight as a 
preacher that have always prayed prosperity on people. I don't pray evil, but there's been times I've had to say, God, would you get them out of the pathway? Lord, would you remove the obstacles? Would you remove the hindrances? And so David, we see that he declares war and then he denies them as he prays and he dishonors them in his prayer. You think about this tonight. It's one thing to dishonor somebody before another person. But a man of God that is dishonoring uh, those individuals, those persecutors uh, uh, before the very presence of God himself, uh, friend, that ought to put a fear in every one of our hearts. Amen. Brother, I'm telling you tonight, I want to be careful what I say about people. Brother, I just, there's things that people do I don't agree with, and I'm not talking about taking a stand. I'm not talking about standing up for what's right, but I'm just saying, uh, Brother Blake, there's things that goes on uh, uh, that I see that other people see, but I'm just not going to put my two cents in. I'm just going to leave that between them and God. Uh, if it involves my family, if it involves this church, uh, you better believe I'm going to step to the forefront because that's what a pastor should do. Amen. There ought to be a godly jealousy where he steps forward and takes care of the sheep that God has entrusted him with and so it is with the members but what I'm saying is I don't want to put my lips on people whenever they're not doing right I just soon turn them over to God and pray for them amen now there's people that I quit praying for you say preacher you should never quit praying for nobody I used to believe that until there's people the Holy Ghost said just quit praying for them and I stopped praying for them now, you, if, you don't, if you think I'm wrong, pray for me. Because if God would convict me today, I would gladly start praying for them tomorrow. But I'm telling you, there are deadlines that when people cross, they're done, friend. David realized that. The Bible says, Touch not mine anointed to do thy prophet any harm. And so David dishonors honors them. And David prays in verse number 5 for their destruction. As he says, Let them be a chaff before the wind and let the angel of the Lord chase them. He said in verse number 8, Let destruction come upon him at unawareness. Let his net that he hath hid catch himself into that very destruction. Let him fall. Now when does it come to a place whenever somebody, God tells somebody to stop praying for somebody. I'm going to tell you when that is. It's not when they necessarily do us harm. Isn't that right? I mean, we shouldn't stop praying for people just because they didn't treat us right. Because we've not always treated people right. Isn't that right? Brother, we're to pray for people. Jesus even said, pray for them that despitefully use you. Amen? But I'll tell you when the time comes when God may speak to somebody's heart like he did David. It's whenever they go against the very work of God itself and they try to rise up and destroy what God is doing. That's why David is so angry. It's not about David. It's not about the throne. You see, it never was about the throne to David. David didn't desire the throne. David desired worship and David desired to serve God. And anytime someone came in the way of, of, of hindering worship and hindering what God was wanting to do, that's when David buckled down and got serious with his prayers. Amen. 
I want to preach a few minutes tonight on this subject on how to find God in the battle. Amen? On how to find God in the battle. I'm telling you, listen, I was reading this text today. I'm telling you, God just dropped about an acre of heaven down in my soul. I can't even describe it to you, Brother Barnes. You know what I'm talking about. When you just read the Word of God and God just speaks to you and it just helps you. Amen? And brother, we're in a battle in 2018. I'm telling you, if you believe in God and old-time religion, if you believe in this old black back book, if you believe in the old songs of Zion and the old ship of Zion, if you believe in the way called straight, if you believe in the Word of God, I'm telling you, friend, there is a bullseye on every one of us tonight. But I got good news for you. A greater is He that is in you than he that's in this whole world. Amen. And I want to join hands with a songwriter tonight and say, how can we lose the battle when we got God on our side? Amen. I'm telling you, friend, come hell or high water, come sink or swim, whether it's a house full or a handful, there's one thing I know tonight. We're going to make a safe landing on the other side of the sunny banks of sweet deliverance. We're headed to home. We're nearing the shore. Praise God. The old ship's about to pull in and we're about to get out of here. Amen. Brother, it may be a battle from here to the graveyard, but I say get a firm grip on your sword. Don't back up and take a stand and live for God and shine on Christian. Shine on for God in these last days. Hallelujah. That's what we need, amen. I just feel like preaching tonight. I feel like I could run a mile right now, amen. Because in Psalms chapter 35, it highlights David in three categories. I won't preach all three of them tonight. It'd take too long, but I'll give you what God will let me give you, amen. I want to say tonight, first of all, I see David in the camp in these first 10 verses, and David is as a warrior, amen. Brother, notice what he said. He said, said, plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive with me. Fight against them that fight against me. You might be here tonight and say, well, now, preacher, there ain't nobody fighting against me. I ain't got no battle really be engaging in. I want to tell you something. Every one of us has an enemy tonight, and he's called the devil. Amen. And friend, listen, he walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And we need to do what David does in verse number one. We need to cry out to God and pray as as a warrior prays. Amen. You see, David wasn't afraid to take a stand. David in this text here, he wants God. He wants these, uh, uh, these folks uh, that were once his friends but now his foe. He wants them to be defeated. He said in verse number 2, Take hold of, of shield and buckler and stand up for mine help. Uh, draw also the spear and stop the way against the per- uh, them that persecute and say unto my soul, I am thy salvation. Let them be confounded and put to shame that seek after my soul. Let them be turned back and brought to confusion that devives my I hurt. When I think about this tonight, David prayed for their defeat and he prayed for their destruction. You know what we ought to pray? We ought to pray that God would give the victory. Amen. Sometimes we struggle with things in this life uh, and we whine about it or we just kind of roll over and we let the devil just have his way when in reality what we ought to do is we ought to turn it over to God and we ought to pray, God, I can't win this battle by myself, uh, but would you give me the victory? Amen. Uh, I'm telling you, friend, what I can't do, I'm glad he can. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, when I'm weak, uh, thank God he's strong. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, when I can't push forward, he'll 
knock the enemy out of the way and God knows how to make a way. I've seen him, friend. I've seen him turn things around. I've seen situations and circumstances. It looked like the devil was a winning, but all of a sudden here come God skipping through the hilltops and he stood between me and the enemy and thank God his right hand has given the victory. Amen. That's what he can do for you tonight. Are you glad you're saved? Amen. Brother, we ought to not sit in church like a knot on the log, amen, and let the devil win services. I say shame on us and shame on the devil. If we sit around, let the devil lock, give us lockjaw. God's been too good to us. Well, every one of us ought to be in hell tonight. But thank God for grace. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for mercy. Thank God for deliverance. I'm telling you, friend, we ought to be shouting the victory. He's been good to us, hallelujah. He's been good to us, hasn't he? Right. Brother, I'm telling you tonight, you got to be a warrior if you're going to live for God. It doesn't mean you put pain on. I'm not talking to you women, amen. But I'm telling you, it doesn't mean you put the war paint on. It doesn't mean you put feathers in your head, amen. It doesn't mean, listen, you run around hollering like, a, like an Indian friend. I'm talking about a warrior. It's someone that'll take courage in the day of battle, amen. It's somebody that won't tuck tail and run yonder. It's somebody that won't back up. Friend, I don't want to be in a fight, do you? I just like to live peaceably. But I've realized in these last days, if we're going to live for God, there's going to be a battle, and you and I've got to be willing to stand tall and stand firm for what we believe in. Amen. We don't have to be mean-spirited, do we? I, I, I like preaching, but I don't like mean preaching. Somebody say amen. I like Bible preaching. But I'll tell you something, if you preach the Bible, you'll have to preach it tight because the standard of this book's higher than I can live by. Isn't that right? Brother, I'm telling you, it's a high standard. You know why? Because God is the standard. I preach things, I preach myself under conviction all the time, amen, and preach you under conviction. We all get under conviction, but that's a good thing, isn't that right? Because we live in this old fleshly body, but one day, thank God, this battle's going to be over with. I'm glad one day this old flesh, I'll drop and rise to seize the everlasting prize and shout while passing through the air, farewell, farewell, sweet hour of prayer. But until then, we must go on, we must fight the battle. We must live for God. We must be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. We need that, don't we? Brother, I'm telling you, David in this camp, he's a warrior. Secondly, I see in the court, David is a witness. In verses 11 down through 17, there's 28 verses. I can't preach all of them, but I'm telling you from verse number 11 down to verse number 17, David is a witness and he witnesses against the enemy. He talks about, as I've read, their deeds. He talks about how the false accusations and the things that are taking place. But look what he said in verse number 17. He said, Lord, how long will thou look will thou look on? Rescue my soul from their destruction, my darling from the lions. Amen. You know, when I read that verse, I thought to myself, uh, brother, there's been some times, uh, I mean, just like David, and I'm sure you can identify with this. Uh, it seemed like the devil just kept picking me apart. It seemed like he kept running me rough shot. Uh, I mean, just clipping at my heels. Uh, and the harder I'd pray, the worse it gets. Seemed like sometimes. Uh, but I'm 
telling you what God was doing. He was trying to bring me to that point where I just in my desperation say, Oh God, how long are you going to let this go on? How long until you're going to put a stop to it? You see what God does sometimes is he uses things to bring us to the end of ourself. And brother, that's where David is at. He's pointed out everything that they have done. He has prayed that God would judge them. But now he turns to the Lord and he says, How long, Lord? How long? I want to ask you a question. You ever got sick and tired of something? A burden? An enemy? I'm talking about the devil. You ever got tired of going through something until one day you just say, God, how long? You're, you're not bitter. You're not blaming God. You're just ready for it to come to an end. And there's been times where God said, that's where I was wanting to get you to. I'm saying tonight, David is a witness in these verses that God will always take care of his children. He had more foes than he had friends. The whole kingdom had been turned against him. I like what Brother Bobby preached the other day about not having a double heart. And David had got to the place where it looked like it was impossible. I mean, when you read First and Second Samuel, it looks like David, how in the world is he ever going to get, number one, get on that throne? And once he gets the throne, it, it looks like it's taken from him. How is he ever going to get it back? Well, I'm telling you, God puts all the pieces together for him. But God allowed those things because all of them was a part of David's life. And God uses them to work people in and work people out and to work things into David's life. Do you realize God does the same thing for us today? that everything that happens in our life it's not by chance or circumstance uh, that God allows the troubles he allows the, the storms to come in our life why? because God is building things in our life and making us stronger for the glory of God how many of y'all tired of the rain? anybody? Whew. good because if I was the only one to raise my hand on that one that's going to be terrible wasn't it? I know the Lord sends the rain, so don't come up to me afterwards and say, God sends the rain. He sends the rain. He sends the sunshine. I know that. Amen. But I'm sick of the rain. If I had my way, we would never sleep, and every day would be a sunny day. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Sleep in the Bible is just a type of death, brother lad. Amen. That's right. Amen. That's what heaven's going to be like. No storm clouds and no sleep. Amen. That sounds like heaven to me. And I'm telling you, it's rained and it rained and it rained. And I even prayed the other day. I said, Lord, I know you must know we need the rain. But I wish you'd stop, let it stop raining and let the sun shine. I, I want to go outside. Amen. Anybody else like that? Without an umbrella too. Amen. But I'm telling you, we have to have storm clouds. I, I wish sometimes it wouldn't rain in my life. I, I wish sometimes I wouldn't have these storms and these valleys. Sometimes it seems like you just get your head above water a little bit and it's seems like things kindly lay down and here comes another wave. Amen. Here comes something else. I'm telling you, thank God one of these days, we, my friend, we'll weather the last storm. Thank God the last wave's going to come crashing in. It's going to be over with. Praise God. And my friend, there'll be no more storm clouds. You talk about witnessing on the other side. Business is going to pick up in the portals of glory when the last weary soldier crosses is my friend and passes through the gate we'll all sing we'll all shout praise God because the battle's going to be over the victory's going to be won we'll be home home at last hallelujah he's good isn't he brother until then 
we got to be a witness down here that the God in the valley and the God on the mountain is still God in the valley. And I see David as a warrior. I see David as a witness. But here's really what I want to preach just a few minutes. Just a few more minutes and I'm done. And I mentioned this the other night, but I can't get off of it. I see David as a worshiper. You say, preacher, he was a worshiper in Psalms 34. That's right. But he's still a worshiper in Psalms 35. You know what I like about David? No matter where he was at and what he went through, he found his comfort in his worship. Can I tell you tonight, I don't find my comfort in the things of this world. There ain't nothing wrong with enjoying life. You know what I'm talking about. But things come and things go, don't they? I'm telling you, there's something I found to be a treasure. There's something I'm telling you I found that'll work. It works when the sun's are shining, but it works when the storm clouds are hanging low. It works when you got money in the bank, and it works when you don't know where your next bill's coming from. I'm telling you, there's been a lot of times I couldn't sing. Been a lot of times I couldn't preach. But there's never been a time if I was willing to do just what you talked about, turn my heart toward him and begin to worship God will always show up. He inhabits the praises of his people tonight. David was a worshiper. He's a praising man. Look at verse number 18. He said, I will. That's what you were saying, Brother Barnes. He said, I will give thanks in the great congregation. You just did verse number 18 tonight. I know there ain't nothing great about us, but you just gave thanks in the great congregation. He said, I will praise thee among much people. Amen. That's what people was doing in this choir tonight and out here in these pews testifying. They were just, uh, the Bible says, praising thee among much people. Amen. David's got enemies. David's got problems. Uh, but David said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Whether I'm the king or not the king, I'm just going to worship the king. Amen. Whether I've got a throne or don't have a throne. He's still on the throne. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, worship works when nothing else will. Worship works when everything else will, but there ain't nothing better. You know what the devil wants to rob you of tonight? He wants to rob you of your worship. Amen. He'd love for you and I just to come to church and sit here and look at each other and have a few songs and a little sermonette and go down to the house the same way we came. But brother, I like it when the high winds of heaven begin to sweep across my soul and the sweet spirit of God Pulls up next to you and squeezes your heart and tenderizes your eyes and wraps his loving arms of mercy and grace around and smothers you in his kisses of love and lets you know that you are his and he is yours forever. Hallelujah. Amen. Brother, he's good, isn't he? I felt God this afternoon. I'm telling you, I was listening to old sister Barbara Spencer. She was singing that old song, If I Could But Touch the Hem of His Garment. Amen. And she was talking about one day, I was sitting by the wayside begging. And she said, but Jesus came by and heard my sad crying and said he reached down his hand and touched me and he saved my soul. I'm telling you, friend, don't you like them old songs? Amen. Let's meet by the river. I was listening to that old song this afternoon. I'm telling you, God just pulled up close. I felt his presence real near. He is wonderful, isn't he, tonight? I mean, it's just wonderful. I just feel like praising him. I just feel like glorifying his name. He's a good God. Hallelujah. Worship will help you. Well, I'm telling you, it gets real. Amen. God would show up in the bathroom. You know that? Hallelujah. While you're getting ready. Amen. God will show up in the bedroom. Why are you putting your shoes on? Y'all believe that tonight? 
Brother, I see a lot of people in church, they look at you like a calf looking at a new gate. They look like they've been sucking persimmons. I mean, listen, ever since Noah got off the ark, I mean, look like if they smiled, their makeup would crack from 10 years ago. Amen? I mean, look like whatever they got, it's a killing them. That's a sin and a crying shame unto God. God rescue our soul from hell. God rescue us from the burning. It ought to put a smile on our face and a spring in our step every day that we get up. We ought to sing it just get sweeter as the days go by. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? Brother, the devil wants you to sit down and be quiet. That's what he wants. But God, you young people just keep on shouting. Ben, I hope you stand up and shout 15 more times before I quit preaching. Amen. Don't let some old mossy back come back and throw a wet towel on you. Amen. Brother, I mean, shout it out. Some of you boys, get a hold of it. Amen. Brother, I'm telling you, if you girls, get a hold of it. Amen. Let it run down your face. Amen. And don't ever, listen, don't worry about you. Y'all don't even need makeup on right now. I hope to God none of you's got none on neither. But I'm telling you, listen, when you put it on, don't worry about it if he takes it off. Amen. Brother, I'm telling you, we ought to get undignified every now and then and just be glad we're not going to a devil's hell. We ought to be glad he put food on our table. Don't it feel good on a Wednesday night to just go to church and say thank you, thank you. Oh my God, thank you for being good to me. Hallelujah. Woo, praise God. I believe I've touched the hem of his garment. Amen. Have you touched the hem of his garment? Amen. I'm telling you, I went down the aisle, Brother Laddie, and a little old 13 year old boy on my way to hell. I didn't know John 3.16, but I knew I was on a fast track to hell, and they couldn't nobody rescue me but Jesus. Amen. And, Brother, I'm telling you, I touched the hem of his garment, and he rescued my never dying soul. Hallelujah. Isn't God good to us tonight? Brother, I'm telling you, worship will carry you through the darkest storms of your life. When you don't think there's anything in there, and you think you can't find a song, and honestly, you can't find one. But the Bible says that he giveth the song in the midnight hour. Have you ever cried yourself to sleep? Have you ever worried yourself to sleep? There's something about it when God, <laughs> when he reaches down, puts them big old arms around you. I love, I love Deuteronomy 29, 33. It said, the eternal God is thy refuge. And underneath are the everlasting arms of God. You ever had God just reach down in the blackness of the night when the lights was turned out? He's laying there on that pillow and God put his arm around you and tell you, son, don't you worry about this. It's going to be okay. I was just sitting right where Brother Laddie was sitting. One day, I didn't know what I was going to do. I hadn't told a living soul about it. My wife's the only one who knew about it. I was sitting there one night and I can't remember who was even doing the preaching. But whatever they was preaching out of my Bible... It was in the Old Testament, and I was going to find it. And, and I'm not one of these people. I don't just, you know, they, some people flip that, just let their Bible fall open. And, you know, I don't believe in putting fleeces out. Amen. But then it's wherever it falls, and they'll read and say, well, whatever that is. You know, when I read that, it's always something about somebody getting killed. <laughs> somebody got their head cut off or cutting a thousand pieces. I don't, re- I don't do that. 
I let God talk to me whenever he wants to give me the verse. <laughs> but I tell you, sitting right there, I was turning through and I turned over and there was a verse God gave me out of Isaiah. He said, I am the Lord. He said, I will help thee. And I will uphold thee by my right hand. And I'm telling you, when I read that verse of Scripture, I felt him call my name. I felt the Lord say, son, that's not just in there for just anybody. I'm speaking to you. You ever had God just take a verse and give it to you if you've been saved? I know you have. Brother, that's why that book's different from all other books. It'll talk to you. He'll speak to you. I'm telling you, I know sometimes I hunt all day and all night and can't find one. But I'm telling you, just when I need it, he knows when I need it, amen. He knows. He knows while I'm a hunting, I may not find it. I'm telling you, every now and then, God will take that heavenly highlighter. He'll highlight that verse of Scripture. He'll say, there you go, son. Just hang on to that. It'll get you through the storm, praise God. It's enough to worship on. You know the good thing about that? That storm's done over with. That trial's done gone. That problem's done past but I'm still worshiping on that one verse cause that verse is still true I'm telling you tonight I feel God down in my soul he's real isn't he tonight Amen. Brother Charles he's real isn't he brother you ought to never give up cause you don't know what God's gonna do I was preaching a, I was preaching a meeting and I'll tell you this this gentleman that was there in that meeting he came up to me afterwards. He told me, he said, Preacher, he said, can I just tell you what God did for me? I said, sure. I didn't know him. I still don't know him. He told me, he said, he said, I thought my wife, he said, my wife was in a mess. And he said, I, he saved me. He said, I just got so far away from God. He said, my wife walked in one day and she told me, she said, I can't live this way no more. And she said, I'm done. He said, she walked out the door. He said, I knew what I needed to do. He said, but I didn't know if my wife had ever come back. He said, I went and got on my knees, got right with God, got right with the church. And he began to tell me, he said, I lost everything I had. He said, I prayed and prayed and prayed and asked God to bring my wife back. And he said, God, long story short, he said, God put our marriage back together. He said, things are better now than they've ever been. He said, but through it all, he said, we love each other more. He said, but through it all, he said, can I tell you something? He said, I love him more now than I've ever loved him. I want to tell you something tonight. I hope you get a hold of this if you don't get a hold of nothing else. Church is better when it's all about him. Church is so wonderful when you come through them doors because you just love him tonight. You see, when you love him, it don't matter if there's two people or there's 200 people sitting here. When you love him, it doesn't matter what people say or what people do because he's enough. He, there's not one day goes by he's not going to be wonderful. You realize that? There's not one day that goes by that if you put your eyes on him, you're not going to be disappointed. There's not one day that's going to go by that if you tell him you love him, he's not going to say back to you, I love you too. 
There's not one day that goes by if you say, Lord, will you help me, that he's not going to say, I'll help you. I'm wanting to help you. I'm telling you, friend, he's everything. What happens too many times is we get our focus on other things. Boy, they'll just distract us. I'm telling you, if you'll just put your eyes on him, if you'll look unto Jesus, the author, the finish of our faith, you'll never be disappointed, friend. You'll worship in the sunshine. You'll worship in the shadows. You'll walk. You'll worship in the running years of your life. And you'll worship in the walking years of your life. I think tonight, one day, I don't know, none of us knows tonight how long God's going to let us live. But if he lets me live to be an old man, I hope he lets me and my wife both live to be old and grow old together. We got this old song, Let's Meet by the River. I told her, I said, if I die before you do, I said, at my funeral, I want you to have that song sung. And that's just for her. Because I said, that's where I'll be waiting on you. By the river of life. And we'll go see Jesus together. If she goes before me, that's where I'm going to go looking for her. Amen. He's real tonight, isn't he? God's real. I tell you, he's so real. I feel him in my soul tonight. Don't you love him? But if we live to be old, Brother Charles, you know, you're not old to your 90. Amen. Try to make some of y'all feel good. I don't want to be like, I, I met some people, they started getting old when they got 25. They started talking about their back aches and their, hey, I learned one thing, if I've got one, I'm not telling you. But they, some people, they just start out, they just start out getting old. I want to be as young as long as I can, don't you? One of these days when we get old and we can't do the things we used to do. I tell you how I'd like to finish out. If all I can do is just sit, whether it's in a rocking chair or whether it's in a nursing home or I don't know whether it's in a wheelchair. I don't know how that's going to end. But if I'm still breathing and I've still got my mind, I want Jesus to be as real to me then, even more real then than he is tonight. But you can't wait till you get old to start loving on him. How real is he to you tonight? I'm telling you, there's waters that if you'll just step out into them, there's waters tonight in serving God that some of you may have never, some of you probably think I've lost my mind, but I'm telling you, I know what I'm talking about. Brother Danny, he's real, isn't he? There's some waters you can step out into. Am I telling the truth? There are more richer. Words cannot explain it. No crowd has to be around. Just you and him. He'll just sit down with you. Am I telling the truth? And I'm telling you, you'll just get so full in here. It'll just run out, won't it? <laughs> Woo! I felt like it's, I felt like, Brother Terry, I was about to blow before I ever got here anyway. Not because we're anything spiritual. He's just good to us. He wants to fellowship with you tonight. He wants to be the closest friend you'll ever. He don't want to be ignored. He wants you to take him by the hand 
and love on him. He wants to be close to you tonight. I'm telling you, he's good. He's good tonight. That's all I can say is he's so good. He's so wonderful. He's so precious tonight. And you ought to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You ought to be filled with the Holy Spirit tonight as we stand. Are you filled with the Spirit of God? Don't you let anything hinder you tonight from getting full of God. Don't hold on to nothing. Don't, don't just let go of it. It ain't worth it. I'm telling you, it just you might enjoy some things of this world. Nothing wrong with having a good time in life. You know that. But I'm telling you, the greatest joy you can ever know is walking with God. I'm not talking about being saved. I'm talking about a sweet fellowship. I'm talking about being controlled, surrendered, and being filled. I'm talking about getting across that Jordan tonight. Getting into Canaan's land. And living in victory. Amen. Dying out to self. Letting the reproach of Egypt get off of you. Amen. I'm telling you, there's grapes. There's grapes. There's milk and honey in serving God that cannot be described. But it can be experienced tonight. You say, preacher, what I got to do? You just got to get in an altar somewhere. Whether it be here or somewhere. You got to build an altar somewhere. Say, God, I want that. I don't even know what all that's about, but I want it. And I'm telling you, he'll let you cross over if you really mean it tonight. He'll help you while Brother Brian sings. If you need to come, would you come?